this conversation, it is tailored to people who feel like discontent. I have some friends. They work their job. They hate it, but whatever. They're, they've got a hot wife or girlfriend. They're buying a house. To them, they're kind of like, you know, whatever. I go to the gym. I do this. And there's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to fight for freedom and purpose and have this huge esoteric battle with yourself if you don't need it. It's more so like if you're seeing discontent in yourself and if you're going God, I'm I'm in a dead end. This framework of this balance beam could be useful to like think about, okay, how am I maximizing either one of these things? Am I doing either of these things? Am I just going through the motions and do I even really care? When you're thrown in that state where everything is different and your brain is scrambled and the pattern recognition is out of it, you like step into it. You know what I mean? That's what I've been very addicted to. It is so not on autopilot. I became comfortable in that state. That's what gets me off. And if I go to normal life, I'm like, this is fake. This isn't real. This is because I think it's a mask. We've talked, I've talked about this a lot. My buddy who's there, he has a lot of friends who like quit their corporate gigs, started working in a restaurant because they're like, hey, I have more fun working in a restaurant. I make almost just as good money and I have way more freedom. And I was so sick as tapping away on an Excel sheet for a company that doesn't give a fuck about me. Totally brings you out of autopilot, right? So we were talking about the mundane stuff, people living on autopilot, you know, then getting high off betting on sports games on Sunday, drinking right. tours, right? right? This shit is like, they talk about the matrix. This is like getting out of the matrix because right. you're- I was in Lyon, France. I'm sitting at one of the restaurants my Norwegian cousins recommended to me. I'm sitting there alone. There's this elderly couple right next to me. I was just like, hey, you know, I was smoking a cigarette. Could I use your lighter? We start talking. They're this couple from Belgium who own a biker hotel outside of Brussels. Hi, back in bold. Oh, it's another beautiful day in Colombia. Buenos dias. What's up, um, man? Dude, I found, uh, I didn't find it, but I was hammered one night and I was going through some old bull perception stuff. And I saw that clip I posted of uh, me and you during the whole lockdown stuff. And you had a lot of balls doing that, bro. The whole. <laughs> The whole little world was against you at that point. Luckily, I didn't post the full episodes on Facebook or YouTube back then, so your face wasn't really associated with it. Yeah. But I, I rewatched that, and it was pretty, pretty ba better badass. Yeah, man, it was well, it, and it was weird because, especially like my medical school, it was like they were. I wouldn't say we were. There are definitely schools that were more conservative than we were, but we were definitely like. You know, it's not like we were saying it was a hoax or anything, right? So, like, they one of the weird things to me was around the time we did that episode, um, they had mandated a booster shot. So you had to have two. You had to have two to get in. You had to be like fully vaccinated. They mandated the booster shot like right around the same time as uh, that one guy went on Rogan. Do you remember? I can't remember his name. You oh, Doctor Mahoney or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they mandated the booster shot. And I I just had COVID. So they said, you don't have to get the booster for six months until after you have COVID. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I waited and then they never really followed up with me. And then they rescinded the mandate for boosters because there was like mm-hmm. evidence that like in men under 30, women under 30, it like doesn't make a difference if you're boosted or not. That was that back then. I don't know what the data says now, but it was just like, it was weird because I feel like a lot of people at my institution have kind of backtracked a little bit in context Dude, of what we were watching saying. that video i'm like why were we even worried at all putting that stuff out there because it seems so common sense yeah and at the time it was like you were taking a big risk anyone doesn't yeah. know 
I mean, well, you were doing neuroscientists and now you're doing doctor stuff. Like, yeah. so like you're, you're deep into the field where you have to think a certain way. You discussed it on the, the episode. Like, yeah, we're all in this like real big group thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We talked about like uh, the, what was the word we used? Um, the, the doctrine, right? Like, are you following yeah. the religious the dogma heresy yeah. And sh- yeah yeah like are you a are you a heretic of the re- yeah, of the religion right now you know and now it's like i feel like a lot of people have started to kind of think a little more critically as opposed to just following the masses which is a good thing i mean in my med school i think it's like people have really started to think more about this whole covid thing cuz it was like I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I don't want to get too into it, but it was like, it, it, it's interesting to see like now it's like nobody, it, the hypocrisy is like been kind of put under the rug a little bit. Like people aren't recognizing that they were wrong about a lot of stuff. And, and now it's just like, okay, now we're supposed to believe these institutions again or whatever. Right. Like, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. But that's a, the topic. I don't want to forget about it because people need to be held accountable hundred percent, but the people that still screaming and two more weeks, all the vaccines are going to die. It's like, Oh my God. Like, you know, yeah. like I'm happy. Life is, is good again. Unvaxxed, unboosted on all that BS. I still travel sure. well during the whole thing. I stuck to my guns. I'm very proud of myself for that, but uh, no, we're going to move on. Okay. So Johnny, like uh, just say your background quick after this, but I came across the, the Substack. You never showed me your writing. And one of the articles was um, about like different sort of lifestyles and, you brought my name in there or not my name, but I was a personality in it. And then your style and uh, normal people, but uh, it was really smart and you're a smart guy. So say quickly like your background and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I, uh, you know, went to university of Wisconsin, graduated neuroscience degree. Um, I worked in uh, at the national institutes of health for a couple of years in DC. And then now I'm in my third year of medical school. So Medical school is four years, your first two years, you're studying all the time, you're just sitting at the computer, and then your third and fourth year, you're in the hospital. So I just got done working night shift, labor and delivery, seeing babies being born, pretty cool. Um, but I've always liked to write, and I just kind of started to to start this sub stack, and I, I really don't care how many followers I have, I just kind of like to put my ideas on paper. So thought I'd share it with you, and I'm happy to talk about it. No, I liked it a lot too. So before I pull it up here, um what was kind of motivation for writing it and kind of generalize what we're about to read here? Well, not uh, going back to like that COVID conversation. And I, I, I have a Twitter, I don't have any followers. It's just like for me to see what other people are saying. And it's really interesting to see like this brand new surge of like tons of people trying to make their own businesses and, and make their own life. And I think, like we are in an unprecedented time of you can work from home, you can work from anywhere from your computer. And I kind of wanted to like talk about some of the pros and cons of that idea, along with um, just like this current surge of uh, this new trend of like people working from home. And like, what what are you really doing? Like, are you really um, maximizing your happiness? Is that like really the path you want to take? And, and I've thought about that for a while, especially like when I think about your lifestyle and how much freedom you have. And, you know, one of my really good friends who I also talk about in it, the freedom he has and, and how that compares with like my own path. So. All right, great. Let's uh, roll into this. The orangutan, the deranged orangutan is your pet name. Yeah. Deranged orangutan. I, well, I, I've always liked primates. I always, you know, not to be too Joe Rogan, but it's like, 
I've always thought primates are kind of cool and, you know, we're all primates in some sort of way. So I was like, all right, well, this kind of rhymes, deranged, orangutan, whatever. Let's see what I can put on paper. So no, that was good. All right. So we'll just, we're going to start reading it and then we're going to discuss it while we read it. Okay. So you want to. Yeah. So live free or die hard. That's uh, <laughs> the fourth, the fourth die hard movie. So in his, in his best-selling book, how to fail at everything and still win big a book you and I have talked about. Cartoonist Scott Adams has a chapter about happiness. This book is worth reading if you seek some unique ideas about mechanisms for success, but you also have to take it with a fat grain of salt. I have a, I have a footnote here just talking a little bit about Scott in the past couple of years. He has this to say about happiness. A person with a flexible schedule and average resources will be happier than a rich person who has everything except a flexible schedule. Remember to keep your eye, eye out for ways to maximize your schedule freedom in the long term. Somewhere in the book. Yeah. Somewhere in the book, a lot, although it might be his other bestseller, loser think, whatever, I was trying I was trying to find the quote, but I remember him saying, happiness equals freedom plus energy. Personally, I define it as a willingness to get out of bed every day, <laughs> but to each his own. Happiness is a result of feeling satisfied, content, and more so the absence of neuroticism, anxiety, and overwhelming sadness that you will never live up to your expectations. Freedom, or the ability to do what you want with your own time, and energy, having the capacity to do so, are key aspects within this happiness formula. I completely agree with Scott's, you know, energy aspect. It's it's really difficult to be happy when you're exhausted and you and you don't have good sleep hygiene, healthy diet, etc. When it comes to the freedom idea, I have I have some things to talk about. So going back to what I was saying, you know, freedom is skyrocketing in the United States partly driven by COVID lockdowns, partly driven by the ability to easily work from home. As I mentioned, you know, Twitter, I've seen these dozens of accounts dedicated to like helping people build their own companies. And I'm like, what is your company? And their company is building other people. They're like fitness accounts. And, and you kind of see this pervading a lot of different industries, like how you can work from home, day trading, right? When the whole um, GameStop thing was blowing up, you had a lot of people like, oh, I can do this, make money from home kind of idea and build my own life. And, you know, I have two really good friends, one of you who I talk about, who have completely maximized their freedom. So my other buddy, he lives in Denver. He's a freelance copywriter. He has like 15 to 20 clients. He organizes their marketing, advertising, social media platforms. And he also skis all the time. He lives in Denver. He has a huge group of friends. And he basically spends his time how he wants, wants to. You know, a lot of his days look like hitting the gym in the morning, doing some work, um, going and hanging out with friends and then doing some work at night. Like he just gets to decide what his schedule looks like. A lot of days he's skiing early in the morning and then going home and working, which is, you know, really fortunate. And then for you, I talk about, you know, playing American football abroad. Uh, you read that right is what I say. He just finished his season quarterbacking for the Jow Pessoa Espectros. He practices for about two hours a day, stuff you've talked about during the season seasons usually last around two months your teams your meals are delivered to you from the team you have a rented apartment the team pays for and you also get a monthly stipend and you know you're committed four to five months depending on spring training etc free time gets to be spent traveling podcasting and working online for your for your real estate company and then i kind of talk about you know these options are for anyone you have to have almost a stupid level of confidence to succeed in this venture and it takes a lot of risk the denver kid was furloughed from his you know cushy marketing job nine to five he spent a year like making barely paycheck to paycheck messaging random people on LinkedIn, trying to find freelance clients. Um, 
And for you, you know, you left your life behind in, in Colorado also, and you went to go play in Denmark where you really didn't know anyone. You had little idea about how like American football play was operated abroad. And it, both those ideas take bold mentalities. That's a quote I've put not in. Not just knowing how the football is done with their life. I mean, it's totally different to, in Europe, not right. next to your family or any safety nets and, yeah, I mean, it's a total way out of the comfort zone. I mean, especially how different USA is compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So hold on, let's, let's discuss this. Don't keep reading this yet. So yeah. where are we at in this, this story right now? We're talking about, for sure, I, I know what you're talking about, the personal branding, the entrepreneurship. I think that definitely exploded um, with the whole lockdowns and, and all that. I also think that it is probably going to be key. And, you know, the guys like Rogan have talked about, okay, with this AI, with the future we're going to, what is going to be valuable? What is not going to be valuable? And what is like the last thing the the AI stuff can kind of replicate is like personal branding, no? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you know, actually human to human interaction, which probably will change because you're seeing it get better and better, this AI. Uh, but where, where do you stand on that? I mean, the traditional ways there, you know, you don't just go to school and get the job anymore and can support everything, right? You have to do new stuff now. Yeah, and I actually just became a part of a an AI artificial intelligence work group at my med school, um, just to kind of give like the student perspective because it's going to radically change every industry. And I, you know, I was listening to a, a podcast. I want to say it was like NPR, The Daily, and they were talking about how all these professors are um, having a hard time with students, you know, using ChatGPT to write their essays, and they're like, "How do I tell if kids are cheating?" And I was talking in this meeting and with my professor, with my professors, right at med school. And I'm like, that is such a like um, wrong way to look at this new technology, right? This it's is the a same thing as learning cursive. We didn't need yeah. to learn the cursive or even write. I mean, we've yeah. been using keyboards our whole professional life, right? Yeah. And I go, that is such like a, like those professors, like I understand you want your kids to like come up with novel ideas, whatever, but you, what you really want to do is like, okay, this no more essays. I'm going to teach you guys how to use chat GPT to create because there are ways to navigate it. You're not going to type in analyze Hemingway and it's going to give you a perfect essay, right? Like how can I, how can you use these tools to create more meaningful, you know, output? And I think that's like the conversation we should be having. And my professor said something interesting where she said, um, you know, AI, artificial intelligence isn't necessarily going to replace all human beings, but humans who understand AI are going to replace humans who don't. And, you know, that's kind of a mantra that is should be starting to like ingrain in people. And I think like, yeah, going to college, it's, it's probably still like, if you don't know what to do and you're smart and academic, like, you know, and you can pay for it, whatever, it's a good idea. But if you're, you know, if you have an entrepreneur mindset, like there's a lot of gigs out there that are starting to rescind their, you know, college requirement, because they just understand that with these new tools, it's not as fruitful as, you know, having a deeper understanding of how these programs work. And so I think, and that kind of goes into like this whole new mindset. The thing that I worry about a little bit is, you know, it's you see these guys who are like how to start your own fitness business and it's like they have all these followers and i'm like not there's only so much saturation that can happen in these markets and it's like you can't 
there's a little Charlotte. You got to watch out for some charlatans in this world where they're going to go, here's how you can make your own living at home or whatever. It's like, it still takes work and still takes risk and nothing's going to be easy. And well, that's, the typical, have to, that's the typical thing. The, the consult or geez, I can't speak today. Consultation people, whatever, you know, they never did it, but they're telling everyone else how to do it. That's been a known thing in this coaching mentoring world where, right. you know, people made way more money teaching it than they ever did doing it. Um, I have been trying to articulate this decent because you see all the social media people, um, specifically I do, like Americans, like millennials and Gen Zs, like, oh, my God, my parents paid this and my life sucks now and there's no jobs and all these different problems, right? And I've been trying to, like, think, okay, during, like, time periods, there's always paths to take that will lead to something, you know, positive. Maybe um, – you know, during the age of exploration, it was being a sailor and, and taking that risk to go to Spain or the New World, you know, and conquer everything and get rich as fuck, right? Okay, that was probably a good path. You know, our, our parents are the boomers. They just had to get a normal job, invest in real estate. Everything's a kuna matata. But I, I see it as now with the, the globalization and all, all the things that uh, are happening, how strong our money is. Of course, why wouldn't the best route be to geo-arbitrage right now, right? And it's not for everyone because – like outside the matrix, like there's a reason there's not many people outside because it's not fucking easy. Right. And there's a lot of pain and, and, and so forth. So a lot of people should just do what they're told and go down that path. But if you do that and it doesn't work out properly, but yourself. Right. And it's sad you didn't get the knowledge beforehand or you never took a risk because you were scared. But that is the situation you are you are in. Right. So I, I view it as like I hit like a lottery. I hit the freaking lottery to do the traveling and the nomad stuff when I did, because when Tim Ferriss did it, we, you couldn't barely, you couldn't Skype. You know what I mean? You couldn't, uh, right. it wasn't acceptable to do Zoom calls, to do all these different things. Like, and now, like, I got the Uber, you know, every country now is allowing the Uber, the Airbnbs, the Google Translates, the phones yeah. that don't need, uh, you can have eSIMs. I mean, it literally was gold when I started doing this lifestyle. And, uh, but that happened because I had fucking balls, you know what I mean? And I made it work. There's a lot of people that, you know, they, they skip out, they need the family and they need this and that, and they had to go back. So, um, did I kind of articulate that, that decent or no? Yeah. And I think to, to put a, another note on top of that, like I look at my dad, you know, being in his twenties in the seventies and eighties, and he was paying 70 bucks a month for rent or 60 bucks a month for rent. And he was making like 13,000, right? So it's like, but when you think about the amount of the percentage of his income going to living, it was basically nothing, right? Whereas like now you have kids 30, 40, sometimes 50% is going to mortgage or rent. And that's like a major complaint a lot of people have. And that's like one of the, what's the, you know, uh, good fortune that, the previous generation had, but we have opportunities now that they didn't have, right? Like you can, we can have that same opportunity by renting a freaking mansion in Thailand, right? You just, yeah. you have to, you know, and not everyone's going to have the same opportunities, right? Keep going. I, I interrupted you. And so it's, it's in, it's, it's opposed to being like, you know, every problem has a solution as opposed to being a victim. Like all my money's going to rent. I'm, I'm living in downtown Denver and I have to live here because of work. Cause I can't afford a car and whatever. It's like that that's true. And that is quote unquote, like unfair compared to like a previous generation, but there are newer opportunities in this ecosystem that maybe they didn't have and didn't exist. Like 
a huge one, for example, is you have way like a way higher percentage of people who are working away from where they grew up. Right. So like imagine applying to a job. If you grew up in Minnesota, imagine applying to a job in California in the eighties or nineties, you're sending in mail, you're faxing people, you're like, they have no clue about, you don't have any networking because your industry is all only located to like where you went to college that is completely opened up. So like, it's important to like, take, take these like, unfair versus fair good fortune and like look them in the face and go okay here's an opportunity i actually can take advantage of and then what are these opportunities going to look like in the future like you want to get on the ai train i know everyone talks about it and it seems like a big boogeyman and whatever but it's important to like just kind of how can i use what's coming in the future to maximize my own opportunities in that system but most likely it's not going to be what everyone else is doing. I think it's just it crazy to me that people do what everyone else is doing or what they're told to do and then get mad when they're living like everyone else. You know what I mean? Like it's a pretty cliche quote, but it's like you saw the path you were headed down. It was laid yeah. out in front of you by a lot of people and you kept going down the path and thought it would be different. It, it, it's, yeah. it's really confusing to me. But um, yeah, the biggest lesson out of this stuff is there's opportunity in every age, every direction, and you got to be the one to find it and and go, especially now. So, like, going back to your point, our parents didn't have the, the Library of Alexander in their palms. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, my, you had all this information. And, you know, I, if I would have had the information, I would have done this and that. And so anyone that is complaining in this day and age is just crazy to me where – it's on you. That's the accountability part that no one wants to take anymore. But okay, let's keep going down uh, this article so you don't get off topic. Yeah. So let's go. Turn the tables. Talking about you. Yeah, turn the tables. And this kind of goes to what, you know, the path laid out in front of you, right? So my path, I'm in the middle of my third year of medical school. I have a pretty structured existence. I work in the hospital for six weeks and I take an exam at the end, right? So I have to work, you know, 30, 40 hours a week, study 20 hours a week, take this exam. If I want to take a day off and I'm scheduled to work, I have to submit a leave, leave request. It sucks. I get eight leave days a year. That's it. Right. So like I get a lot of vacation, not vacation. I get days off, but I still have to submit like this process for scheduled days that I'm supposed to work to get them off. I'm paying tuition $70,000 a year to work, right? I'm paying to work for this hospital. It's training, but like a lot of my job is like helping residents, whatever. So my path, while altruist and annoying and sometimes cruel, cruel, at the end of this, I'm going to be paying like half a million dollars to just get yelled at by burnt out docs. I have a massive payoff. I will probably never be completely free in the sense of have my own complete schedule, but ideally I'm going to be fulfilled. And I'm going to be able to enter a career where I'll be financially stable. I'm going to be able to help others. I'm going to be able to recruit my, you know, potential and my abilities and see some sort of purpose in the patients that I'm working with. My, my two friends who like you and my buddy from Denver, they kind of have to fight for purpose a little bit. You know, my buddy from Denver, he loves his life. He gets to ski, he gets to do all these hobbies, but he's a little uncertain about his future. He doesn't know how AI is going to affect his job. He's, he's really confident in his abilities, but it's kind of still up in the air what he's going to be doing in 10 to 15 years. And there's a chance he's going to look back at his 20s and 30s and say, shit, I spent my whole life skiing and I really didn't contribute much to society. And then you, you're a little more hard-headed. My life is awesome and I'm the fucking man. 
It could also, you know, be imagined said I, you could look back in 20 years and be like, fuck, I mostly live for myself. You've kind of prescribed to a lifestyle that centers around you and your desires, traveling, et cetera, as opposed to like a fulfilling goal, recruiting your capacity to make the world a better place, you know, and like, let's chat on this. Let's chat on this. Uh, That is a big thing I've been talking about uh, um, a lot with the whole purpose thing. Um, I even said recently, if I didn't have bold perceptions and um, the American football, yeah, I I probably wouldn't be doing this travel life uh, because the American football for sure gives me uh, easy, clean cut purpose. You know, when you're on a team, you have one goal, you're all in this together. You got to go to practice. You got to throw the ball. Like it's laid out in front of you. You have a schedule. You know what, exactly what you need to do. That's really rare because in life, there's so many different, what way do I go? Do I do this? Like it's not laid out for you, correct? The football and the sport, it gives you that. Plus the relationships you develop with the dudes, you know, going to war with them. I think it's the closest thing, the replication of, of war there is. So obviously there's like intense emotions that I haven't found anywhere else. You know what I mean? From, mm-hmm. I say this all the time, you know, no pussy, no beach, no drugs, alcohol can make me feel as like, like that struggle, that fighting with these dudes who, you know, you end up celebrating with when you win, right? It's the emotions are so amazing. The roller coaster. I love it. Yeah. But then I also said, so even if I'm doing that American football thing and then like I'm traveling six months, um, you know, doing the nomadic life after the season, if I didn't have what I'm doing here, like documenting as like a diary, networking, helping mm-hmm. others, you know, people get inspired from it. This, the travel like gets blase, blase. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter, you know, this cathedral you see, oh my God, you know, this romantic experience, it, it gets old, right? And then any traveler will definitely tell you that. Um, so I've I've really hammered down on this whole, you know, purpose thing about, okay, you know, what is your mission? I think the dude's got to have a mission for sure. Like what, what makes you most fulfilled? It's usually never material things or sometimes even experiences. Experiences with people you like and enjoy for sure. I think are, are beautiful and a lot of what life is about, but uh, I completely agree with you. So like, where's the the balance? I think I have a decent balance to be honest with you. I'm not just like a, a stupid rich person that just travels the world doing rich people stuff. Like I feel like I am making a difference with both perceptions. And, um, but uh, on your thing, I totally get it. It's like, you're that, that part of your life is going to be set. Like, you know what I mean? I'm right. saving lives. I have a passion for this. Like, but you're always trapped in it. You know what I mean? Like, so you have all the fulfillment from it, but I don't know. Can you help me expand on everything I just said? And I want to, there's like a new trend too, which is like, and I, I don't want to say it's just, you know, young women who are doing that, but that's who you kind of see it more from online. The whole like anti-children thing, like not having kids and, and um, you know, you see it from, from guys too, where it's like, okay, we're happily married. We're dinks, the whole new dink thing, you know, double income, no kids, you know, fucking Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro talk about it. Who cares? But there's a elements of that where it's like, okay, so, so your plan is to have this fat income. You're going to have a sweet house. You're going to live in a big Metro area. This is like the dink dream, right? You're never going to have children and you're going to travel every chance you get and all these people or you see like people doing van life like i'm so grateful to not have kids because i'm like traveling and and around the world around the country living in a van and i'm like you're i i like the idea you're like maximizing your freedom you're like hey i'm gonna travel i'm gonna get all these experiences but you are like incredibly 
selfish in what you're doing with this path. You're only living for like your id, your hedonistic desire to just have more and more and more experiences. And there's a study, like I quote, when I'll have conversations with people about this who like say they never want to have kids. And I'm like, when you look at um, adults like match for ages, there was a study that they looked at like happiness scales and individuals who had kids versus individuals who didn't like thirties and forties. Um, the ones with kids were less happy overall than the ones with kids while the kids were growing up. But when the kids were out of the house, the people with kids were happier than the ones without. So it's like, yeah, having kids, like, it's like, you don't get to travel as much. You're working, but you're sacrificing so much for the, for the existence of this person. It's such an easy path to fulfillment that you get a lot of reward at the back end when you see this human being like grow up and whatever. And I look at people. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to say, like, I look at people who go, I'm going to spend the whole, my whole life traveling. And I'm like, dude, there's only so much traveling. Like you would have to like go to Afghanistan in 20 years and sign up for the freaking Taliban to get a new experience. You know, you can only see Machu Picchu so many times. Right. So it's like, there's, there's something to be said for this new mindset. And it's like freedom, freedom, freedom. And I go, Hey, you got to have a little bit of the purpose. So totally reminded me, this is one of my visions is to have the kid around 33, 35. So before then, I'm going to pack in as much selfish, do everything I could possibly ever want. Because when I have the kid, boom, all the focus is on the kid and the family, you know, and my missions and, and hopefully both perceptions then too. But um, it's like you see a lot of people who have the kid and then they subconsciously hate the kid because they could be doing this or that. Or they do what you just said and they get to 50, 60 and they're too fucking tired to go do the traveling that they want to do when they were young, right? So that was a huge point that you made. I think the, the family is for sure going to give me a boatload of purpose. So that's selfish though, too, because like I'm, you know, I, I want to have the kid for more reasons just to have purpose. Okay. But um, I think uh, definitely the ding stuff is a little suspect and I think it'll be fun for a couple of years and whatnot, but almost every traveler gets to that point, like the hero's journey or, or, or whatnot. And it, and it gets old unless you can somehow live normal life doing this, you know, and you can do it if you do it slowly, but sooner or later, you're going to want to build ties community. That's one thing I love about the football. I'm thrown into a situation where I already have a community, right? And I actually keep in touch with almost, you know, every country I've been to the people on, on some teams, right? So, but yeah, I, I think, um, what do you think about that? Me trying to be selfish and get all my stuff out desires before I have the, the kid, you know? And I, I think that's, pretty reasonable it's easier for us as men because we don't have that you know genetic clock you know it's like if you're worried you know we're learning about it right now in my in my rotation of you know 35 the risk for infertility and all that stuff so it's easier for us to do that and be like hey i'm gonna start having kids whenever the hell i want and then i'll give up this lifestyle and and you know be a family man at the same time i do think it's like really important to get out of your comfort zone to get out of home and do, do a travel thing, do something. But at the end of the day, you're going to get sick of it. And so having this plan of like, I'm never going to have kids. I'm always going to be doing my thing. I'm, I'm going to work at this. And I talk about this in a second, you know, I'm going to work at this shitty corporate job to make as much money as possible so I can travel as much as I want. It's going to get old and you've got to have something that's going to supplement, you know, 
your your selfishness. It's important to be selfish. It's good. Like it's like you can't spend your whole life taking care of your parents, but you also have to have like something to give you a little bit of meaning. I think. I I think the selfish part too. Um, I really believe in you have to be happy to make other people happy. Yeah. If you're just constantly fo focused on making everyone else happy and you're miserable inside, I don't think that's a great existence at all. I don't think the people that you're caring about want that for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, before I go on to the next one, I had uh, an interesting part. Um, something about this. I was going to say the traveling does make you super selfish, uh, which I've battled a lot because you're not tied down to anything. Um, you go here, you go there, you're gone. So, and you're always constantly like, um, your identity switches all the time or people switch your identity all the time. So you only can rely on what you eternally believe. And you have to be really selfish with those, those thoughts. Otherwise this person thinks this is you, like usually a person living a normal life, like your doctors say, okay, I know Johnny. And they kind of put an image on you and you're kind of that guy at the office. Right. Uh, but for me, it switches all the fucking time. Right. Someone could think I'm the coolest person in the world. Some person thinks I'm crazy. And, and if I take all these different opinions and perceptions of me while I'm on the road, like my ego and my brain goes wild. Right. So I have to be to survive quite selfish when I'm all on my own, you know, in foreign different places. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Like it's a, uh, you know, your self image changing. It's, it's a jar. You have to have like a really strong self image to do what you're doing or do, you know, even my buddy from Denver, right? Like, it's like, if you're still trying to figure out who you are, it's really hard to like constantly be selfish because you're going to completely give in to your, Id, uh, compulsive, getting hammered all the time because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's fun. And it's like, th again, this whole conversation is the freedom aspect. Like you have to still have like a lot of balls to get there, right? As opposed to working the nine to five, whatever. But we're kind of talking about like a, the nuance of when you're in that world, like you still have to have like a lot of the same values and know who you are and what your plan is even while you're like traveling all the time or whatever like self-image like actually knowing who you are and you know it's important to like not let the haters get you down or whatever i've been coming up with this idea and i need to write it and articulate it correctly but it was genius when i was thinking about it the other day so but we're gonna move on to this next thing because my brain yeah. is not functioning properly right now this is the most depressing one and this is what a lot of people live and this is what no one should want to live right the third option, it's the worst possible. Working in a job without any meeting for no existential reason. So I, I, I put the example thinking about an actuary, an accountant for United Healthcare, you know, a, uh, a multinational insurance company. Working in eight to five, limited PTO, so you have no freedom, right? You get two weeks of vacation a year for a company that's sole purpose is to make shareholders money. So you have no purpose. You're making good money that you're never going to get to enjoy. And, and it's interesting because this has kind of been a wake up call for a lot of people. I've, I've noticed like, this is like becoming way less and less popular. I have friends who are take, take way lower paying jobs for one or the other. They're getting freedom or they're getting purpose. Like um, in Denver, my, my buddy who's there, he has a lot of friends who like quit their corporate gigs, started working in a restaurant because they're like, hey, I have more fun working in a restaurant. I make almost just as good money and I have way more freedom, you know, 
And I was so sick as tapping away on an Excel sheet for a company that doesn't give a fuck about me. Right. So it's really tough because a lot of people like you have to be in the situation. I just want, I add this in my caveat caveat. Like I have this in my footnotes. Like if you're in, if you're in like North Dakota and you are the first person to go to college in your family, an eight to five is kind of like a dream come true. Like you're going, Oh shit. Like I'm actually making good money. And so even like having that realization takes a lot of, you know, quote unquote privilege to like, just be like, Oh, you know, like you and I are incredibly privileged to even be having this conversation because most people, a lot of people are just barely making ends meet and they have no clue. Like they're, they're thinking about their next meal. They're not thinking about an existential conversation of freedom or purpose. But if you get to that point and you're like, you know, one of my closest friends is working literally for, you know, uh, he was working for like a huge insurance company, health insurance company. He was like, this sucks. I fucking hate this. I don't want it. I don't care about my boss yelling at me for not meeting my TPS reports on time or whatever. And I'm going to drop out and apply to medical school. And that's exactly what he did. And he's a year under me now. And so he, he went for the purpose route, right? So he was kind of like, you know, I'm doing this. And I think it's just, it's, it's like fight club. It's like, um, office space, you know, like the late nineties, early two thousands, people just doing bullshit monkey work for no reason. I think it's becoming less popular, but you kind of see a resurgence of it where a lot of people are like, yeah, I've got this nine to five sucks. I've, everyone I talk to who's my age, not in medical school, they're like, yeah, I fucking hate my job, but what, what else am I going to do? And it's kind of, you know, it's just like, it's just a tough way to live your life. Yeah. Unfortunately, we need those people though. Cogs in the machine. Right. And it, yeah. it has to be taken some responsibility that you went down that, that, that path. And, and, uh, but dude, yeah, hundred percent right about the privilege part. I, I love that cliff note on there. And it wasn't a woke, stupid, oh, I'm privileged type thing, but it, it's so freaking true. Cause you've been to poverty places. You've seen what real mm -hmm. life is like. Once you see that, you're like, oh, my God, I won the lottery being born. I mean, 95% of the people in the USA, I think, won the lottery by just being born there. And they could have had opportunities that people would will kill for. You have to be, like, dis disabled, uh, crack mother, or maybe something else for you to not be uh, grateful that you were born in the USA compared to the majority of the rest of the world. I mean, yeah, it's bad. I have it in the footnote. If you make $50,000 a year, you're in the top 5% of the world's earners, right? And like a lot of us are like 50,000, I can barely pay rent. It's like, dude, like you are, you have won the lottery just by, that is like a very, that's like the average income in the US and we're in the top 5% of dude, earners. What is it? 70% of the world doesn't have clean water with the fucking faucet? I mean, yeah. we're not even talking about money. Like people <laughs> have no idea. And that is yeah. these first world problems. You know what I mean? But we need to talk about these first world problems uh, in, for the people that have to deal with it. And then when the poor person from India, you know, makes his money doing the videos online, he can look at this after and, and learn something from it. But that was, that was a, a really huge thing. And, and I totally agree, man. Some people, I mean, that is soul crushing, no freedom and no purpose. So you spend your money on the sofa, the whole fight club thing, right? You watch the game with the boys on Sunday, drinking Coors Light and, and now everyone's betting. So here's the thing I found too. And I did this the other day. First time I've ever, um, not first time I've ever gambled, but like uh, done like a real sports bet. I did on the, the Chiefs uh, Ravens game. I won, of course. But uh, yes. I, I'm like, I wanted, I was getting bored here. 
and I'm just like, you know, you know, it's lovely. I'm like, I need to feel something like this. Well, I, I want to like gamble. I want to get drunk. I, I met this doctor down here, this American guy. He's a dorky guy, but really funny. And so we got hammered there, you know, at Hooters, um, betting on this game. <laughs> yeah. Betting on this game. And I felt something, you know what I mean? And that's why I've seen the USA. Betting has gone insane. Because I think people are so sick of mundane life and living the a life of no purpose or adrenaline. And so they're finding any addiction or, or habit to, to get them off. And it's, dude, the whole, all my friends are into sports betting. And I'm like, they're like, um, these promos to get you to sign up, dude. I was like, I had a joke where I was like, dude, these promos, they're like $400. Free betting, $400. I'm like, they might as well be like 40 pounds of cocaine, a brand new Porsche, and six hookers to get you to sign up for our site. You know, it's like, if they wouldn't be doing this, if it wasn't making them money, you know, it's like such a, in the cognitive dissonance, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to make it big on sports betting. And I'm like, Dude, like they, the house is going to win on this deal. And you see, like, it's just an escape. And I think that's not to talk a ton about alcohol, but that's like a huge thing in the U.S. Like, and you know, where everyone is like getting hammered on the weekends and it, it was fun in college. And then now people are doing it in their 20s and like 30s. And it's like, because it's just an escape, you know, and that's like the sports betting thing. And I think that has to, and that's the sports betting thing is an example of that and goes in hand in hand with drinking. And I think like, a lot of that plays into the whole nine to five, hating your life, not hating your life, no purpose, no freedom. All right, well, whatever, this is what I'm going to do with my time. I felt it. I was like, this is, I was, this is the first non Super Bowl I watched in years. And I was like, Oh, let's go. This is exciting. Yeah. Go Mahomes. And you could feel a little adrenaline that I'd normally get from traveling, from football, mm -hmm. from, you know, Machu Picchu, seeing that, that was beautiful though. I mean, Machu Picchu was freaking amazing. It's, you yeah, it's, it's so cool. All right, let's yeah. keep it going. Yeah. So last, you know, we're almost done here. Um, here's the thesis. These two things exist on a balance beam, freedom versus purpose. The perfect light is spent with a nice concoction of both. For my, for me, I take every day off. I possibly can. I travel when, when we have vacation from med school, I go on trips. I really don't study often on weekends. This is not super characteristics of a lot of my classmates. They grind away in hopes of a, like a free tomorrow. There are kids in my class like pursuing pretty difficult competitive residency. So dermatology, they study like all the time and in their free time and, 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 and in all their free time. And their goal is to work a gig with no work on Fridays, right? Like that's the dermatology dream. You have clinic Monday through Thursday and then you don't work on Fridays. And there's a poet who I actually really like. His name's David White. And he has this quote where he says, it's going to be certainly easier. It'll be easier tomorrow. And it'll be certainly easier when you're dead. Right. It's like all these people who work for purpose. Oh, it'll be easier in a year. It'll be easier with residency. It'll be easier with this. And then you, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to die. So it's like, you got to take advantage at the same time, you know, Nick, my buddy in Denver, the reverse problem, right? You have to fight for that fulfillment. You get it through your podcast, making connections and building relationships with the people you meet. Um, and you kind of have to fight for it, but you're mostly successful. My buddy Denver, he's probably going to stumble into some sweet gig in the future with a lot of meaning. Maybe he'll work for a nonprofit and maybe he'll, it'll be with a skiing company, you know? Um, and he also like has really good friends and, and is able to fight for purpose that way. When you're young, privileged, and thinking about ways to build your future, keep these two things in mind. What gigs, when you spend the majority of your life working, are going to give you the perfect blend of freedom and purpose? 
Good. Really well written. So what yeah. do you think the answer is? I think I think it, it it you really have to going back to the self image thing you really have to know yourself, and I would struggle a lot with the um, lifestyle you have because I need structure to I need like an exam on a on a I need an exam coming up to be like okay I have this thing that I have to study for if I fail this thing it will negatively affect my future. And I'm the kind of person I like need tangible deadlines and activities that aren't optional. Right. So, so if I miss a class or if I miss a day of work, it's going to negatively impact my future. Whereas like you or, you know, my, you know, my forest, my friend from Denver, where he, he's building his clients. He he's cold calling people all the time. If he doesn't cold call, it's, it's like, not necessarily going to negatively impact. It's just like, he's looking for opportunity. I would have a hard time with that. I think I would like, you know, Oh, it's a day off, whatever. I'm going to go do this, this, put it on the credit card. And the next thing you know, I'm living at home with mom and dad. Right. <laughs> so I think you kind of have to know yourself and know what kind of, like when you miss that flight back home from Italy. You oh my God, dude. Fuck. <laughs> that sucked. We can talk about that. But, um, you know, I think you kind of have to know yourself. And then once you know yourself, you got to get into the opposite. You got to figure out what, what path you're on and how to get the most of the other thing. Right. So for you, it's like, you got to, you got all the freedom. You're good on freedom. You got to find all the purpose you can. I'm the opposite. I've got a lot of purpose. I'm like delivering babies. I'm working with, you know, learning. I'm, I'm, you know, fine tuning my brain on all the pathology of the human body, et cetera. And at the same time, like I get burnt out, man, I need a vacation. I need to hang out with, I need to go skiing. I need to, and I do more trips than the average med student. Like people are like, how the hell do you do all this? And I'm like, one, I don't care that much as long as I'm doing well and not doing well, but as long as I'm passing, it's not like I'm constantly neurotic about my exams and studying all that time. Whereas a lot of med students are just really one track or grad students in general, just one track focus really hard for them to get out of that headspace. You know, that's a big thing for me. Like I don't have a lot of anxiety when it comes to, I'm going to take this time for me and maximizing my freedom, you know, and I'm, I'm pursuing a specialty, you know, I'm thinking about doing emergency medicine. And a big part of that is emergency med is all shift work. So you're, when you're done, you're done. You're never on call right? So you're never sleeping at home and having to get called in the hospital because somebody else is taking your shift. There always has to be someone at the ER. And I want that because when I'm off, I want to be off. And you get a really flexible schedule. You shift work when you're working and you're working your ass off. When you're done, you're done. My worst nightmare is being, you know, a neurosurgeon and I'm constantly getting consults. I'm constantly having to go in when I don't want to be going in, etc. And yeah, you're making great money, but then I go, okay, well, when am I spending it? When am I enjoying it? So I think like knowing yourself and, and understanding this balance beam. And again, this is only for, you know, 1% of the population, really. A lot of people are barely making ends beat out there. But if you can like figure out, you're going to see these guys on Twitter and whatever, who are like, Hey man, I'm going to help you start your business. And you got to go, is this even something I want to do? You know, it's going to look real appealing picking that apple from the tree, but knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, and you can be like, hey, I'm maybe I'll work for this company, this small startup or whatever, and I'll do some computer or I'll do some finances or sales, but I'm also going to have play, work hard, play hard kind of deal. 
or maybe you do the opposite thing and like, Hey, I'm going to build my business or I'm going to, I'm going to bartend. I'm going to, you know, travel the world, but then you kind of have to go, okay, make connections with people and, and give some money back to the parents or whatever to kind of make it, make yourself not look back and go, shit, dude. Yeah. I spent a lot of time having fun, but what was the point? A balance for sure. But I like what you said. So you got to analyze where you're at. Are you on the, do you have a lot of purpose? Okay. Let's try to mix in some freedom. If you have a shit ton of freedom, then you got to find some damn uh, purpose. If you don't have none of them, you're fucked. So to do something about that but, uh, <laughs> yeah. to purpose thing, um, doesn't have to do with work either, of course, but like, uh, Try new things like uh, writing, like you're doing this writing thing. I bet that gives you some purpose, you know, arts, painting, making music. Um, Just try a bunch of new things. See what kind of clicks with you, what makes you feel good. Like I said, bold perceptions. I'm telling you, even if people like nobody even looked at it, it it feels really good to like create stuff. And like I said, I look back, you know, I was hammered one night. I was looking back through the stuff and I came across that video, right? So I'm just looking at these things that are like documented and I can see like my artistic expression in them and and uh, reading some of the captions like a diary. You know, I think a diary is a great thing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those things are are, are purpose driven too, and especially when people, you know, say like, hey, I'm inspired by this or I got something from this. I mean, that gives you like a damn, you know, that that, that feels really, really good. So, but yeah, I think um, it was great. Great article. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, we can talk a little more about whatever, but I, and I probably spent, and then the Twitter thing, dude, the new X algorithms, they just suck me in, man. Like, I don't, again, I I have zero followers. My account's private. Like, sometimes I'll just have my, like, own tweet ideas, right? It's just for me. But I'll see these this stuff, and, like, one of the things... And like now they just pop up like based on what you engage it with. Right. So I don't have the app on my phone. I try to look at it like once a day, but I've noticed like a couple like female, you know, influencers or whatever. And they're talking about how guys don't hit on girls anymore. And like in, in the USA, like I'm at a bar with a bunch of my single friends. One guy introduced us to a bunch of his single girlfriends and like they were barely interacting with each other. And and everyone's, and I want to, I have a point to this, you know, you have the whole app thing, you have um, meeting people online, they're sliding in the DMs, like there's a whole, you can find some purpose pretty quick by day gaming, right? And that's like, if you just like, if you're like, dude, Nick and John, what are you guys talking about? I don't play guitar. I don't, you know, I'm single. I just sit in code all day, or I just sit at my laptop and do work and then what do you you mean find purpose i'm like dude get out there and just start talking anyone but girls especially and you'll be amazed the reception you get and if you're like you know and then obviously hit the gym whatever but you know fashion and all that stuff you've talked about a bunch but it's like it can't be understated how every human being has a unique aspect to them and if you can kind of hone in on that and start talking to people and cold approaching and all that stuff. Like you're going to find a lot of purpose just in that. And I think you and I like, you know, meeting friends abroad and like just introducing, like I made tons of friends. The most friends I've ever made has been traveling alone in a different country where you just like are constantly just having new opportunities to interact with people. And I think that can't be understated if you're like, actually like, what do you get? How do you even start this? It's like, just, you know, hit on girls or talk to people or whatever. 
it's so hardwired in our reptilian or whatever to be part of the group, right? So any sort of interaction with humans, we all felt this during the COVID shit. Like people were like, I just want to walk to the park with a friend or have a coffee at a coffee shop, right? Mm -hmm. Like that makes you feel so, so good having random conversations with people, right? It's one of the best skills ever. I mean, obviously that skill has led me to insane experiences, insane people, but just Mm -hmm. my mood. I can tell when I say hi to the old grandma uh, Abuebla on the streets and hola, you know, como estas? Or I like your, the best is giving you give them compliments. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not even talking about hitting on pretty girls. Okay. But like even the grandma, like, Oh my God, beautiful. Come yeah. see so, And they smile and then you walk away and your vibe keeps going up and up. And if we're talking about girls, you know, you build your vibe up and all of a sudden it's no big deal when you see the pretty girl and say, Oh, excuse me. You know, do you speak English? You look very nice. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I mean, that is a big high, especially if you don't get laid or don't do this a lot. The day game high is insane when you get the pretty girl's phone number and you're like, well, even when you they say, no, I have a boyfriend, but it's a polite conversation. No one's ever like in my face after you leave. You're like, yeah, I feel good. Like I'm well, that's proud. That's what this and that's what this account like. There's a couple of accounts where it's like, you know, it's like the female version of how to get girls or whatever. And they're like very, very rarely are girls going to outright reject you and say, what are you doing? You creep. But like, that's like every guy's biggest fear is like being like a quote unquote predator or whatever. And it's like that never happened in my experience that never happens. The worst thing they'll say is be like, sorry, I'm busy or whatever. Like they're not going to be like, call the police on you, you know? And then the, the best case scenario, like the worst case scenario is yeah. You get like a really quick, short response and then you walk away and say hey thanks the best case is like you have one of the most memorable times of your life right like not even with a pretty girl like i'm in i was in lyon france i'm sitting at one of the restaurants my norwegian cousins recommended to me i'm sitting there alone there's this elderly couple right next to me and they're talking about whatever and then i was just like hey you know i was smoking a cigarette could i use your lighter we start talking they're this couple from Belgium who own a biker hotel outside of Brussels. And it's the only biker hotel in all the Germans, all the Swedes, or not the Swedes, all the Germans, the Belgians, they all go to this hotel. And they're like, if you ever want to stay, we'll have a free room for you. Here's our card, whatever. And it's just like, I, I know we're getting a little off topic with, with the whole conversation, but you can just just by talking to people, you can find an amazing purpose right there. And you're going to be surprised at getting out of your shell a little bit. And yeah, it has to do, okay, you're abroad and you're traveling, you're an American, but you'd be amazed. Like if you're just going to a coffee shop and you see another guy studying, you just go, Hey man, what are you working on? You know, and you're going to make, you could have a friend right there, you know, a pretty girl. And that's everything we've, we've talked about. Well, dude, it, Totally brings you out of autopilot, right? So we were talking about the mundane stuff, people living on autopilot, you know, then getting high off betting on sports games on Sunday, drinking right. Coors Light, right? This shit is like, they talk about the matrix. This is like getting out of the matrix because right. you're in your normal routine and all of a sudden you meet this person and you're going to a biker club in fucking Brussels or whatever, right? So to yeah. me, I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a free way to get purpose, what we're talking about just talking to random people yeah. and seeing where, you know, the, the universe brings you. So I definitely think it, it relates um, just fine with the topic at hand. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it it's, there's a lot of different elements of just 
I think like part of this conversation or about uh, uh, this conversation, it's it is tailored to people who feel like discontent, right? Like I have some friends who they work their job, they hate it, but whatever. They're they've got a hot wife or girlfriend. They're buying a house. They're doing this thing. To them, they're they're kind of like you know whatever. I go to the gym. I do this. Blah blah blah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Like you don't have to fight for freedom and purpose and have this huge esoteric battle with yourself if you don't need it. It's more so like if you're seeing discontent in yourself and if you're going, God, I'm, at, I'm in a dead end. It, it This framework of this balance beam could be useful to like think about, okay, how am I maximizing either one of these things? Am I doing either of these things, right? Am I even am I just going through the motions and do I even really care? You know, if you're happy going through the motions, good for you, man, more power to you, right? Like get married, have a hot wife, whatever, you know, it's more so like a lot of people I think are starting to become unhappy or, or I know not becoming, but I notice unhappy people that this conversation could give them a new strategy for dealing with some of their, some of their issues not even discontent uh, but numb i think yeah uh, i think a yeah. lot of people it seems like have become like dulled from since the whole pandemic and 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 whatnot and drilled into their phones and so i yeah. think it's uh no i think it's a good good framework to, to look at your life and, and figure out okay you know let's push some things up if i'm not feeling happy because like i always say too if you're if you're happy oh my god stay on the happy train Akuna matata you know what i mean if it's fake happiness you got to be careful you know but uh, if it's like genuine non-drug induced or or something you can't replicate all the time, like then uh, you're good. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you know I've I've been doing dry January, so I haven't been I haven't drank at all this month. And it's like going back to the drug induced thing we were talking about. Like I feel so much better during the week. It's great. Like I'm like, oh my god, I finally like have some energy. And then at the same time, I go, well, you know, I really, it's just me hanging out with my girlfriend. It's not like I'm really doing a ton of, um, it's just a lot of relaxing, you know, watching TV when I'm not working. So it's like, there's a, that's a, a fine balance too, is like, how much are you partying and getting all this, you know, fake happiness? Whereas like, you know, again, when I was in France, I would have a bottle of wine and I just meet a bunch of people and it's like, right? You know, your, your mind's blown by how much you're capable of. And so that's kind of something too. It's like, yeah, are you using alcohol to numb yourself or are you using it to have this meaningful interactions with people and, and, you know, hang out with your friends. And, and that's kind of a, a balance beam in and of itself too. Yeah. And, and, uh, the traveling thing though, what you said, I think it just, it puts you in that, um, out of the matrix place. It's a cheat code to getting that feeling. Cause like you said, you could do a lot of that same stuff in USA. Obviously, you know, European cities are smaller and there's more people walking around. Okay. Blase, blase. But you could have those crazy experiences back home if you really wanted to. But when you're thrown in that state where everything is different and your brain is scrambled and the pattern recognition's out of it, you like step into it. You know what I mean? That's what I've been very addicted to is because it is so not uh, on autopilot that I, I became comfortable in that state, right? That's what gets me off. And if I go to normal life, I'm like, this is fake. This isn't real. This is when I'm like real life, you know? And because I, I think it's a mask. We've talked, I've talked about this a lot. 
that everyone, you know, puts on a mask in any sort of lifestyle, but there's an extreme mask when you're in adult life and you go into nine to five and, you know, the same shit and you have to make sure you put the face on for the church. And, and to me, it's like, I can't, it, that's totally twilight zone to me now. I'm too far gone. There's no getting back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm addicted to that out of the, the autopilot, out of the matrix type of, type of way of life. But that can only go so far and that doesn't fulfill you completely. Right. After the travel highs leave you, then you're left with nothing. Then you're left with like, this world sucks. Everything is terrible. Like, so you have to find the the purpose that goes back to our, our balance beam of, you know? Yeah. And I have, I have some of the kind of a final thought is, so my dad, my dad's from North Dakota. And so we, I've got a bunch of cousins who live in like literally bumfuck North Dakota and, and it's beautiful. Like it's, you know, it's a really interesting. It's like so. It's like so rural and and uh, desolate almost. That it's like got this weird like beauty to it. Like you're just in this landscape. But I'm, um, I you know was living in Minnesota. I went to the University of Wisconsin Madison, and you know I would go home and talk to them, and they're like, "Wow, like you're so far from home." Oh my God. You know, they're to them, like going to Minneapolis is like a once in a year trip. And it's like very intimidating and scary. And it's like the big city, there's all this crime or whatever. And we grew up 20 minutes away from there and they're living four hours. And to them, that's like New York city is Minneapolis. And then I'm telling them, yeah, I moved to Washington DC. And it's like, their minds like explode. Like it's just too much to comprehend, you know? And then it's like, I have a friend who plays American football in Europe and he is currently living in Warsaw or living in Ballystock, Poland right now. And it's like, <laughs> they don't even hear what you said. It doesn't, it just goes in one ear and out the other. And it's like, if you can, and again, nothing, they're great people, super fun, easy to hang out with. But if you can kind of like, push yourself past that mindset of anything is possible. That's like what we're talking about breaking out of the matrix, right? Like nothing is really that scary once you're there. It's all limiting to limit, limit, Jesus, Nick, limiting, <laughs> limited, limiting <laughs> beliefs. Yeah. That's all it is, bro. It's all yeah. it is just like growing up and um, it's always easy related back to the, to the girls, but like a model, like you see on the, the magazine covers and like, oh, I got to be this and that to get with that. Well, no, I mean, I just went up to him on the street in Milano and had him. So like, <laughs> it's like it, once that happens to you, bro, it's like, whoa, what else am I limiting right. myself at, you know? Yeah. And um, it's true. Like, um, yeah, now, you know, I could live pretty much anywhere and it wouldn't be a shock to me. But from that North Dakota person going to Minneapolis, it's a shock. You know, it's, it's just mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. So Beautiful. No, that was a perfect hour. Um, yeah. Really good stuff. Orangutan, Substack. Check out uh, – you have some other – I read the football one too. That was good. Yeah, the football one. I like that one. I just start, I was writing that one on uh, Thanksgiving Day because I was like all my girlfriend's parents – or not her parents, my girlfriend's family, they're like, oh, we're never going to put our kids in football. And I'm like, all right, let me let me break this down a little bit. You know? You're making me worry. You're talking about dudes playing until they're 30 and they're fucking their head. So I got to watch out for my season. <laughs> but luckily for me, even though I'm, I have no health insurance, you know, I get 
when I'm in season, you know, they do that. Mm -hmm. But um, I have a free doctor I get to call soon, right, Johnny? Yeah. No, nope. I don't have to pay any of your medical bills off. It's all free for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, no. all right. Orangutan.substack.com. So that's what it is. If you guys want to see some more thoughts. Check it out. Really good. I'll read the, the rest of those. So you guys start doing it more consistent. That'd be great. Yeah. Awesome, man. All right, guys. Everyone else, live bold.